The Nuggets beat the Magic. Period. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Thanks for making this part of your week. Really appreciate all the support from you guys. Bet Online is today's title sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. His name's Adam Mares. Hey, and he's the director <laughs> of content for DMVR at thedmvr.com. We are world's finest. The chat hopping already, man. Look at this. The chat, I I love it, man. I love seeing the chat hop in. Uh, 1.61, 1.61,000. So we keep going up, but you got to get 400, 400 by by Sunday. Uh, Oh, Zamora said, guys, I told Gary Uh, Harris, we love and miss him today at the game. Everyone can rest easy now. Good job, Zamora. Nice job. I hope you got. So we're going to talk about the Nuggets win over the Orlando Magic. Uh, we will talk about Boogie Cousins and Bone Highland's impact. And we will talk about the Western Conference and where the Nuggets stand and possible playoff matchups because the playoffs, as you record, are 56 days away. Uh, don't each of you have wives, LOL? This is how you're spending your Valentine's Day evening. Uh, I got my wife flowers. Thank you very much. I got her two books that she's enjoying upstairs. Thank you very much. I have done... My part, because I've been married a long time. And so, yeah, this is how I'm earning the monies. That's how I keep my <laughs> wife happy is I earn the monies. As she always says, I try and keep her in the lifestyle to which she will eventually become accustomed. <laughs> uh, it, but in all seriousness, man, now that we were doing this live, everybody can kind of see our workflow. We, uh, You and I both grinders for sure. And these midnight recordings, this is uh, typical of us. So um celebrated valentine's last saturday had to do it that way that's the sacrifices you make in this gig we have the best job on earth we love doing the show together but sometimes you do have to die. we sometimes you are my valentine matt <laughs> happy to be so adam you're always my valentine i'm so glad that you're mine as in my <laughs> podcasting partner all right uh the denver nuggets get the win over the orlando magic tonight we are going to talk about this game. I want to be straightforward with you because we respect you as an audience. This is not a game about which you can take a lot. This is not a game <laughs> that is going to be, this is just one of those games in 82. Uh, this is actually specifically, Adam, the type of game that I'm always like, this. This game right here are the ones that need to get thrown out. Like these games right here are where I'm like, we can shorten the schedule. Nobody needs magic so nuggets on a Monday in February. You don't need magic nuggets. So true. You don't need it. Here's the one thing I will say about this, then pushback. You know, you start getting rid of games like that, though. And let's say Kevin Durant plays for the magic. You know, Nuggets fans never get to see Kevin Durant play. That's that's the push and pull of this. And that would be a bummer. Um, that's the world's tiniest violin. Come on, man. Like, I'm being serious, though. Sometimes Steph Curry, you know, everybody wants to go watch Steph Curry play. You start taking games away. Does that mean some people don't get to see it? That's a bummer. Um, but nonetheless, if you're talking about the specific game tonight, you're right. It was, uh, it was a game that didn't need to happen. Okay. So the, here, here's long story short, 
the Magic shoot 11 of 39 from three, 28%. They shoot 44% from the field. The Nuggets only shoot 47% from the field, but they do hit 16 threes, five more. Uh, they do wind up putting up a healthy 121 on the board. And like Jokic, 26, 15, 7. Light work at the office. 26 points on 26 shots. Five turnovers. Pretty basic game. Uh, Jeff Green was real good. Aaron Gordon had a like a statistically quiet night. I thought his defense was excellent. And in the fourth quarter in particular, he had a sequence where he got a stop on Franz Wagner, went down the other end and hit uh, a, a what felt like a dagger three and then punctuated it with a spin move dunk on the baseline when Wim Barton was like, what are you going to Oh, you, you're going to dunk. Okay. That's a good reason not to pass it to me and slammed it home. He gets the win over his former team. Former Denver Nugget, beloved former Denver Nugget, Gary Harris does go for 15 points on 6 of 12 shooting, um, perhaps good, as good. a, hey, hey, <laughs> still here, probably available soon. Uh, Gary was very welcome back at Ball Arena, but the Nuggets get the win 121-111. Um, what is your big takeaway from this game? My biggest takeaway is probably about the bench and about DeMarcus Cousins, who I thought was very good in this game and is now a wild 7-0 and as a Denver Nugget. When he plays, the Nuggets are 7-0. and I do not know that. That's wild. Well, so here's here's not to – it's really impressive and it's really important. Two wins were against the Brooklyn Nets. Two wins were against the Detroit Pistons. One against New Orleans. One tonight against the Magic. One against the Raptors. Um, and I might be forgetting one somewhere in there, but so that is to say the nuggets were favored, I believe in all, but one of those games. So to take this, so take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but nonetheless, I mean, I really do think he makes a big impact on that second unit. And with just one more game remaining before his 10 day will expire. I think you look at that and go, the bench has looked better over the last, you know, three weeks than it really had at any point this season, at least consistently good. And tonight they were only, if you go through it, you know, plus three, plus three, plus two, whatever. But nonetheless, it was, you know, they do look like a cohesive unit where th things make sense. They score points. How many games this year have we seen where the bench had nine points or 10 points? Now they actually do things. Um, I just think DeMarcus Cousins, I think I'm officially ready to say his impact on this team is undeniable. Uh, I have a challenge for you. Okay. Tell me who looked good on the magic. Tell me who, tell me oh, who caught none. your eye on the magic. Not a um, single player. I mean, like they all catch my eye within the context of like as prospects. So for example, like Jalen Suggs has, I mean, he filled up the entire stat sheet tonight. Um, you know, 16 points, six rebounds, three assists, three steals, one block. That's a little bit of everything. Wendell Carter Jr. Did some nice things. Franz Wagner. I really like, I think he's a really good player, like a really good prospect. But when you're so within the context of prospects, that's what I mean. But if you ask me, like, who's ready to play NBA basketball, that's a really bad basketball team. That's a, that was they might be the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, uh, I predicted they would be. I took them. I, I predict I predicted them for 13 wins this season. So wow. That's I what they're at. Right. Currently. Yeah. Yeah. They're at yeah. 13. Honestly. Yeah. But this is the point. Like after the all-star break, teams like the Magic they actually start trying less even. So yeah. you probably are only uh, up by four games. I really like Wendell Carter Jr. I really like Wendell Carter Jr. He's be I hated him in Chicago. He and Billy Donovan just did not click. 
Like it just was not mm. there. He went to where, and honestly, I think a lot of it is it's a good example of, and, and the Nuggets have seen this a lot, right? Where it's not even necessarily about the connection or about what the team did with, with the player X. It, it was that I think getting traded made WCJ realize like, Oh, like I may not stick if I don't put it together. Like, the team that drafted me just gave up on me. Right. And I think that that really, like, um, that really changed things. <laughs> Sean mentions, yeah, I will say, uh, the only other thing, we'll talk about a little bit more. You mentioned Boogie, who has been great, who not has been great, was good tonight and has, like, getting has healthier. He's had an impact even when he was not great. That's how yeah. I would put it. And I think he's getting healthier, starting to look a little bit more, got that dunk, like, he 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 maintained a lot of it was the injury, and so he's you know playing through it and maybe getting healthier, and that's probably going to help him if they sign him for the rest of the season. Um, Sean mentions though, and one of the other things here was uh, I will say, good job by Joker not getting thrown out in this game. Good job, good job by Malone not getting tossed in this game because the calls in that fourth quarter were pretty egregious non calls. Yeah, I, there was something throughout the game. I, I do think my theory on it is the bigger player always gets the tougher whistle. I mean, this is the Shaq rule. If you're the bigger guy, it's like they're going to say, hey, the littler guy gets to be a little bit more physical with you than you get to be with them. And I think Wendell Carter Jr., the thing I don't like about him as a prospect is that I just think he's about two inches too small. He's just a little yeah. undersized because he's a really good player, but he's just a little undersized. Well, to, in his favor tonight, yeah, he just was got to get real physical with Jokic, and it obviously bothers Jokic. It's two games in a row this season that he's kind of gotten under Jokic's skin, and uh, and so it kind of worked. But that's my theory. It's just the small man thing that little guys get away with murder. Let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about the bench more. We'll talk about Bones Highland and his stint again at point guard with Monte Morris out. We'll talk about all that. And more when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I need to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is delicious and nutritious and amazing. I don't know if you know this, but Built Bar is absolutely chocked, just full up, just tanked, ripped with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. Imagine that. 100% real chocolate and gives you all that protein goodness with only 130 calories. So awesome. If you tried the Puffs, because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're an absolute treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like churro. Who does not love a good churro? There's a great churro bar, by the way, at Ball Arena, right outside the press section. Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, they're also good. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs included. 100% real chocolate. But they've only got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. Also, there's they've got that 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie. I always talk about how that one's my favorite. You got coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious and good for you. Check it all out at Built.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And making us part of your week. I really appreciate you guys joining us. And especially those of you in the chat. On the YouTube channel. You guys should all go subscribe and like. To prove me wrong. I told Adam there's no way we'll hit 2,000 by All-Star. Mm. We need 400 more. Go you tell a friend. Right go track that. down a random person on the street. Just go yes. up to them. 
maintain social distance, but go up to them and be like, hey, you, subscribe to Locked On YouTube. And hit that uh, like button. Next hit lesson, that man. like button. For your next lesson, check out the Locked On Now podcast, which has got nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available on all platforms. Adam, Bones Highland, third game tonight at point guard. Did not think, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I guess if you told me like, hey, Bones Highland is going to be starting at point guard in February, I would have been like, so he's leading the, so is he like a rookie of the year candidate? That would have been my response. Um but instead, this is where we're at. Done okay. I think the turnover tick up is probably in relation to, to, like, I have to believe that if Monte were playing, the turnover rate, which has been a problem, would be a little bit lower. But these minutes are, I think, I guess here's the thing. If the Nuggets can get through these games and still win, this process is going to do Bones a lot of good in the short and, and medium term. Oh, I think there's no question about that. These games have already been big. I they, I don't think they've been just good big just for Bones. I think they've been good for the Nuggets in relation to Bones. I mean, if you think about this little arc we're on, the Boston game where he doesn't get the close, you know, and then the game goes disastrously, to then the following Raptors game where he does get the close and they win, to now tonight where they kind of have a blowout win from the start and then, you know, he just gets more minutes, really just more reps. It's almost like a glorified scrimmage. I just think that those that that pro- progression and the way he performs in them has just been so good. You need this. I'll bet he has played as many minutes with Jokic over the last three games as he had the entire season. So to me, there's no question. Denver went two and one in these games so far, which is probably what you would expect given the opponents. Maybe even a little bit better than you would expect. And I think that's perfect, absolutely perfect to be getting these reps and this experience for him. Have you learned anything new about him in the last couple of games, seeing him in this role? I don't think so, no. I think it's just seeing kind of the guy that we we thought he was, which is to say a pretty good prospect who has a lot, you know, a lot to learn and, and some shortcomings in his game, but he's been very solid. My thing with Bones is I think he can help Denver win games for the rest of the regular season. In the playoffs, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for him. I'm very curious. To, I don't think he'll pro- quite get where he needs to be by the playoffs. Um, although being a backup, maybe it's it, it's less noticeable, some of his weaknesses. But more than anything, I just keep saying this. You need to get the minutes. You probably need 2,000 minutes before you can really start to say, okay, now he's ready to be an NBA player. And Denver is adding those minutes up pretty quickly over the last three games. Nikola Jokic and Bones Highland this season in games where they play together are 24 and 16. Wow. Uh, That's cool. Yep. They have a 114.5 offensive rating, a 105 defensive rating for a plus 9.6. That is good. That's perfect. Like that's the exact offensive rating that not exact. Like you want the offensive to be as high as you want, but like a good target range is around 115 and a good defensive target range this season is around 105. Like that's like a really good combo right there. Um, I think it's going to be tough, you know, trying to figure out, It'll be interesting to see what happens when Jamal comes back. The easy answer is like Jamal plays because Jamal is not going to be able to play like 38 minutes right, right off right. the bat. I don't even know if he'll get to that this season. Like yeah. Clay Thompson I, is just now getting that. I think his, his minute total is 29 or something right now. Yeah. Or so they might want to get to like, you know, the, by the playoffs, if he's playing 30 minutes, that's pretty good. You got to fill in another 18 at point guard. So, I mean, you got the guys to do it. They're probably like, 
I don't know, 15, 10, 15 for, for Monte. But I do think that there might be a role there for Bones. I'm going to be very curious to see what they do with him if Malone is like, I don't want to break his confidence by having him get, like, especially depending on the matchup, right? We can talk about later. But yeah, let me put it this way. If they play the Phoenix Suns, Bones Highland should not play. I don't, I don't yeah, want Chris I mean, Paul that, to eat his, eat his soul. Chris Paul is going to destroy Monte Morris. You know, like he'll probably destroy yeah. Jamal Murray if Jamal Murray's on one leg. So, yep. yeah, that's the one series you look at, or one of the main series you look at that you think he'd be real vulnerable in and obviously probably wouldn't play. But he just tonight crossed the 800-minute threshold. Just tonight. Yeah. And I think that means yeah. by the end of the season, he'll probably be at somewhere around 11 or 1200 minutes, you know, when it's all said and done, which is good, but that's what I mean. 2000 to me, that's the mark where you get those 2000 minutes out of the way. And then he's probably a much more reliable player at the moment that tracks for about midway through next season, maybe a little bit before that, which I think is very important for the nuggets. I'm sorry. I just got, you, you talk about the 2000 minutes and I got the lyrics to rent in my head. What? Oh, go my God. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, he has more minutes this this season, though, than Zeke Naji, which is a little surprising to me. I'm just looking at it now. Zeke's been banged up and has been inconsistent, and they have like a million bigs that they're trying to figure minutes yeah, for. I'm not, I'm not so surprised, but I'm a like, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, that's probably a little weird. Uh, what do you think of the bench tonight in general? Outside, I thought it made a lot more of, sense. Oh, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, we just outside. talked about Demarcus Cousins and, um, you know, the impact he had, but even you look at Jermichael Green tonight, who has 7.7 rebounds and an assist, goes three of seven. You know, he, both he and Zeke Naji, I think, have looked good alongside DeMarcus Cousins when they are power forwards and they get to be bigger than the person they're guarding. Both of those guys are big four, small fives. I wonder, just like this is just anecdotal and me talking off the top of my head. Like, I kind of wonder, I wondered a lot about the changes in physicality this season. Like, the league is just playing a lot more physical this season. Like, the rule changes are part of it, offensive rating is down, et cetera. Like, it's been boosted it's kind of stabilized where it's been, but it still feels like a lot more physical this season. I wonder if that's part of it. I want, cause we're seeing kind of this trend around the league too, of a lot of the small ball lineups are not working. Like yeah. small ball has not been like the instant fix that it has been in a lot of years for teams. So I'm kind of curious to see if maybe some of this is related to that, where it's just better to have Jamichael or Zeke at four and then have this five. Um, I think my personal opinion is it's just paint. Uh, actually it's twofold. It's paint pressure. And DeMarcus Cousins can do that because he's a big guy and you have to box him out early and you have to always be aware of him. But the second part of it, if you look at all the players in the second unit, Austin Rivers is not a facilitator. Um, You know, if you look at Bryn Forbes is not a facilitator. Zeke Naji, Jermichael Green, these guys are not facilitators. Even Davon Reed. Boogie kind of is. Like you have your Compazzo, right, who's a facilitator. But then you have DeMarcus Cousins who can also pass and dribble. And I just think having another guy that can do that actually makes things. So for me, it's paint pressure and paint presence, just being big, but it's also the playmaking. His passing has really stood out. Cousins best season in terms of impact, not statistically, but in terms of impact and winning in new Orleans, next to Anthony Davis under assistant coach, Chris Finch, DHOs, baby DHOs for days. Um, Okay. I think we put, uh, we've wrapped up on, the magic game. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll look around the Western conference. Anything else? No, I was just looking at this one and wondering who needs, actually, I do have one question for you. One question. So bones Highland is playing these minutes alongside Jokic and has looked very good. 
Monte Morris probably comes back after the all-star break and then Bones Highland stays in the rotation, but with the second unit, do you feel like that might disrupt his rhythm at all? You know, he's looked good, I think, over these last three games, but now going to the second unit. There's a path that it doesn't. It depends on what they do. The path for them to do this is because they got to watch Jamal's minutes. All you got to do is you play Jamal the first five minutes, and then you sub him in for Bones, and then you have Monte come in, and he runs deep second quarter. Well, I like, even mean before Jamal gets back, just just the Monte is going to be back in the starting lineup, which means Bones right. now takes Composo's minutes. So I think and, that's – honestly, that might be like a good way to do it. I mean, again, we could talk about this, but I don't know if Malone's going to do it. He hasn't gone this route. But like to me, the, what makes the most sense is play Monte five minutes, then put Bones in, have mm. him run the rest of the quarter, then stagger Monte with the second unit so you don't mm. have that letdown in the second quarter until Jokic gets back. Could then be, you bring yeah. Bones back in, have him run from the eight-minute mark to the four-minute mark, and then you bring Monte back in to close the final four. That way you've always got one of Bones or Monte on the floor at all times. That gets you minutes with Bones and Jokic and Monte and Jokic. That means that you can close the quarter with Monte and Jokic. To me, that's like the best distribution. Okay. I've done it. I figured it out. Look at me. Coaching is so easy. Even I can do it. That's not true at all. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Western Conference playoff race and how it's shaping up. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. You know, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Not just basketball, BetOnline.net's your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day and your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam, looking around the Western Conference, uh, kind of interesting how things are shaping up here as we head into the All-Star break. The Nuggets are going to play the Warriors on Wednesday. Uh, the Warriors mm-hmm. have now... They are still seven and three in their last 10. There's this idea that they're really slumping. They've lost two of their last three. They beat the Lakers, which is an unimpressive victory, but they've been kind of struggling before that. Grizzlies have won five in a row. Grizzlies are just two games back in the loss column. The Nuggets are four games back of the Jazz. They're unlikely to catch Utah, as I've kind of said from the beginning. Utah also has tiebreaker. Dallas is up one. That one's going to be really interesting to watch. The Nuggets have to watch behind them for the Wolves. And honestly, you know, like a little bit of the Clippers in case they go on a run. And then they're trying to catch the Mavericks to get into that four or five. If the Warriors were to slip into the three spot and the Grizzlies were to be in the two, what seed would you want? Well, you don't want to be the seven. So, I mean, you just want to be the three because you don't have to go to the play in. But if you just ask me straight up, who do, who do I think you want to see in the playoffs? I still think it's Memphis. I still think Memphis is the easier draw for Denver because of their inexperience. Your stat about them Hmm. not being a great half-court team. Um, And look, Denver played them three times. All three times were very competitive. One of those, I know Memphis was very shorthanded, but not as shorthanded as Denver was. So I look at that and I go, they were all competitive. They were all close. I, I think Denver could get that one. Ryan Blackburn's really worried about the Memphis matchup. He's very worried about it. 
Denver's going to be underdogs, I think, in Memphis, Golden State. I think even Utah, I think Denver will be an underdog. They'll be, I, I will tell you, I think probably versus Memphis based off of how the Grizzlies grade out in the line. I would say that the Nuggets are probably going to be very small dogs to Memphis. They'll be like plus 150, plus 175 versus they'll be like but underdogs then nonetheless. Yeah, they will be. No, they'll be dogs. They have to. I mean, like part of it's home court. Part of it's just like, you know, the the way this is done is like they have full season models. They'll account for what they'll do is like they'll have a model that spits out the Nuggets are three and a half point dogs. And then they'll be like, oh, well, Murray's playing. So that counts for like a point and a half. And like that's how it will wind up shaking out. Um, it's interesting to ask the question of can Memphis control the pace? The only real concern, I think, is if Memphis can cause enough turnovers, like this is, I will say the turnovers are something that you and I don't talk about a lot in part, because in, in years past I've yelled about it and you've been like, it's okay. Like, look how good the offense is. And like, look at like how the ball moves. I think this year's team, and I think you probably agree with me. This year's team isn't as talented. And so the turnovers, I think hurt more. They had 22 turnovers tonight. And you almost never win if you get 22 turnovers. I think to me, turnovers have a lot to do with. To, I, I always, my argument is always that turnovers are rarely the problem, they're the symptom of the problem. And I think that's true, you know, this season, especially. The, the problem is they don't have their starting point guard, they don't have a consistent right. five man lineup, a consistent rotation. This season has been the most ridiculous in terms of every night. Malone actually talked about this in the pregame today, saying, Every game, I feel like it's a different lineup, a completely different. I have to figure out a new rotation every single night. So to me, that's what it's about. And we talked about Bones Highland and how he's been good. And I'm not putting this on Bones, but there were 22 turnovers tonight, including in the starting lineup. I can't remember what it was, like 17 or something. And I'm not saying it was Bones, but it is a lack of familiarity, in my opinion. So um, I'm I'm less concerned about them. If they happen in the playoffs, then Denver's going to lose for sure. assessment um so i'm trying to like look at this just from a turnover percentage i've got the the lineups up right so gordon and Jokic have a 14.5 turnover percentage with monte Jokic, it goes to 13.6 um it really kind of looks like it's pretty stable across the board in terms of the turnover ratio the only player with Jokic that the um turnover ratio jumps up is mpj who played nine games with them and then, um, no surprise, Composo actually goes to 16.4. So, and these are like small differentials. And I think like the, what you're talking about here is like the numbers actually aren't what matter. It's the problem that causes the turnovers is the Correct. issue. And I, I, I do agree. I, my The reason I kind of bring up the turnovers is if you give Memphis transition opportunities, that's how they're going to beat you. They can't beat you in a grind it out, one-on-one, slow it down. We get to get quality possessions. Jaw still struggles with that, but you let them get loose and go in like they want to operate in chaos. That's where they are at their best. It's why they beat the Warriors is because they play like the 2015 Warriors did where it was all chaos and energy. And now the Warriors are like the seasoned team that's trying to play like kind of chaotic, but more just frenetic. And the Warrior and the Grizzlies are just like chaos, like run, jump, fly, three pointers, rebound. All like hyper athletes everywhere, all this speed. If you let them get into that game, that's where they're good. But if you grind it out, 
that's where I think Denver has the advantage. And that's why I think turnovers would matter in a Memphis matchup. Spacing will help. I mean, some of this is, I mean, Jokic has said teams know where we can't shoot. So they're packing the paint that leads to more turnovers, but also, you know how you cut out turnovers, you stop passing as much. And the one way for Denver to do that and still have a great offense is the two man game right now. The, the Murray-Jokic two-man game limits turnovers because those two guys are working together while everybody else is kind of observing and spacing. So Denver might – look, I'm not sure Denver's going to cure their turnover problem this year. Most years I think they can under pressure, like in you know when push comes to shove. This year I'm not so confident that they will. In fact, I would bet they won't. I'll say this. I, 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 I kind of like the Warriors matchup. Wow. Why? So the whole thing with the Warriors is they're actually built around their defense. Okay. So they have a pedestrian offense. They really do. If you look at it, they have a pedestrian offense. Um, with Draymond, without Draymond, not just not elite. And their defense is largely built on their ability to switch everything, especially with Draymond. Jokic is one of the few players in the league that you absolutely, like superstars, who you can't, like switching is the wrong move. If they switch, especially if Jamal's back, they will put Steph Curry in pick and rolls with him guarding the big. And that is chaos, and that's going to lead to Jokic eating. So then they'll go, all right, well, let's just play him straight up in the post. Like, let's just play him straight up. Right. Um, and so they'll try and reject the screen and Draymond will fight. And look, Draymond's won that matchup before and he can win the matchup again. Draymond is arguably, I'm not exaggerating here. Draymond is arguably the best defender ever. Like if you ask me like the best defender of all time, he's on my list. And yeah. I do not like, I agree. I don't think it's crazy. I'm with you. I, I still would go with one of your more traditional, like rim protecting hall of fame bigs, but doesn't matter. Like the case for Draymond is there's yeah. a very, very strong case. Like the conversation for me is like Gary Payton, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green, Ben Wallace, right? Yeah. Like that's the company that he's in. Yeah, for sure. Bill Russell. However, this has been the pressure point with this team. If you do have a big that can score on him and he is not the same guy he was when he was 25, if you can hit him in the post – and score on him and make them start to help. Once right. the Warriors are in rotation, they're out of their comfort zone. And so if you have a, a Warriors team that's out of their comfort zone in rotation and they're a pedestrian offensive team, like I'm not saying the Nuggets are going to like dominate. It's going to go seven. They have Steph Curry. They have Clay Thompson. But I don't. When I think about it from a, let me put it this way. When I think about it from a strategic standpoint, a tactical standpoint, and not a talent standpoint, I don't hate the matchup. Yeah. I, I the Warriors were so it's okay. Good. If you do, that's that's totally okay. They're the Warriors. The Warriors were just it. so good early on that, like, they execute it. They're like, to me, they are like the Phoenix Suns in that their execution when they were at their best was just so, so good. And maybe Denver gets there by the playoffs. Like, honestly, very few teams are in playoff form in the regular season. The Suns are. The Warriors were for a while. Maybe the Nuggets will be, too, by the time that matchup arises. I don't know. But they still scare me for good reason. I will say this, though, because it's funny you talking about them, their offense being pedestrian. 
It's a crazy stat, man. It's maybe you, we've seen all these catch-all metrics, you know, Jokic's box plus minus PER, like off the chart, all-time historics. This one is crazier to me. He has the third best offensive rating in the NBA this season. Meaning when the yep. Nuggets, when he's on the court, the Nuggets have a 117 offensive rating. Only Donovan Mitchell and Hassan Whiteside, of all people, uh, is ahead of him. He hasn't had his first or second best offensive sidekick all season long. Yeah, I, it blows my mind that when he is on the court, is better than everybody in the NBA offensively other than two people, despite the fact that you're missing your real weapons. To me, that might be the craziest of all of a season full of crazy Jokic stats. That might be the craziest one. Well said. Uh, I have one more for you. I would imagine you don't hate the Jazz matchup. <laughs> I, I think it's not... I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, we play the Jazz. We're meet, we're beating them." I, I think it's less of a slam dunk, but I definitely, I definitely like it more than the other matchups for sure. Yeah, the last time it wasn't exactly a, a walk in the park. This so, one's so like, funny. Everyone's like, "Denver has the Jazz number." I'm like, guys, it literally came down to the final second of a seven game series. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more thing, I think here is I think you. I will say this: if they're in the five spot. And let's say Dallas or Minnesota is right behind them, but they can't fall to seven, which is a, there's a scenario in which they can't afford to risk it because they can fall to seven. Right. I, I just, the way that these teams always clump up at the end of the season, it's why I track the tiebreakers. I will say this. I would be very curious to know if the nuggets go into the final game controlling destiny, if they can choose five or six, if they opt for six, because if you get, even if you get in the four or five versus Utah, Got to play you Phoenix, Phoenix waiting in the yep. in that next round. You want somebody else to take out Phoenix, man, or at least to yep. wear him down and hope something happens later on in the playoffs. I mean, I, I agree with that. I especially I if the Lakers, if it looks like the Lakers are going to get like the eight seed. <laughs> like it's, yeah. That's that's where you're probably like, yeah, you guys can have that. That's fine. Go try to deal with that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I that would be an interesting one. I don't think Denver this year can look past the first round. Not that they ever really do. Um. You do raise an interesting point. The other one is just even though it's the Lakers the last night of the season. So <laughs> it'll be inter- maybe that that is to send the Lakers into the bottom part of the play in. Who knows, man? It'll be I do expect there to be something interesting that happens in that final day. Yeah, you win and the Lakers have to win two versus that would be cool too. And, they, and they've only got to win one and they can get into the seven bracket. And then you were if you're in the three six and they're in the two seven. Right. It's Warriors, Lakers. Yeah. I love playoffs. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love scenarios. All right. Let's <laughs> go wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, shorter show today just because, well, it's the magic. No, 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 like a lot of those guys, but it's the magic. Uh, Nuggets get a win. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode before Wednesday's showdown versus Golden State. All right, Adam. Are they going to beat Golden State this time or no? No, absolutely not. Lee looks so tired. He says they're going to lose. I think they're going to win. Let's go. I got a, I got a feeling just, I think the warriors are, are completely on vacation. So I think the nuggets are mostly on vacation. Um, Yeah. That's a good comparison. The warriors have already checked out and like, aren't, 
they're not they're like missing meetings and haven't returned all their phone calls and they're just like in their office on their phone looking over their itinerary for the vacation the nuggets are the team that's still going through the motion they're just grumpy and unhappy about it because they're like i just want to get out of here what time like constantly checking the clock that's the difference Alrighty. thanks for joining us guys make sure to hit up the youtube channel thanks for joining us we'll talk to you guys again next time on lockdown nuggets